begin my message. I just want to take this moment to underscore some of the new things that are coming up in our ministry. Uh, I mentioned some of these at the beginning of the service. Some people were still coming in after that. So let me just go over a few of the new things that we have coming up uh, in this fresh start emphasis. Uh, First of all, we're highlighting our stained glass windows, which up until recently were covered up with exterior sunscreens that were kind of blocking the light from shining through them. We wanted to emphasize that. So we removed the screens. And uh, they did give testimony to uh, the 23rd Psalm and the words of Jesus in John 10, where he says, I am the good shepherd. And of course, we are shepherd of the desert. Uh, We're not going to use the projection screen on this side. We're just going to use one over here. Starting next Sunday, we'll have a much larger uh, projection screen, a horizontal screen. We have a brand new projector, a much higher definition type of projector. And we're excited about the the new uh, communication tools that are available to us. We also decided to have a special focus on our cross. And so we, we removed the banners that were hanging on the wall that seemed to be somewhat distracting. We want the focus to be on the cross. And uh, so we moved those banners to other places in the building um, just to have kind of a fresh look uh, to everything. As I mentioned also, we're doing a children's message at the 930 service. Part of the thinking on this is we want to regrow our Sunday school. Our Sunday school has dwindled down to about two students on this campus. We have a very uh, active Sunday school program on our Mountain View campus during both worship services there, but we'd like to regrow our Sunday school on this campus as well. So we're encouraging you to invite young families to bring their young children to the 930 service. And when we get a critical mass of students, then we'll begin Sunday school classes during the 9.30 hour, but we want to begin by having them come into worship and experience the children's message at 9.30. So that, that's kind of some of our, our thinking along, along those lines. Uh, our staff have been working throughout the summer in planning events throughout the entire program year coming up. We'll be launching those uh, as time goes along. Uh, also, something else that we're committed to doing is communicating with all of you on a more regular basis. And so the president of our congregation, Tom Englert, and I are going to, uh, on occasion, come before you during the worship services and just give you updates about what's going on here at Shepherd of the Desert, what we see on the horizon, and how you can be involved in uh, decision-making. So um, look forward to a lot more communication along those lines. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are the kind of God that gives us a fresh start in life and help us to understand particularly today what it means to have a fresh start when you call us in life. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. We are beginning this new sermon series today called A Fresh Start. And over the weeks of this series, We're going to be exploring different ways that God offers a fresh start to us in life. So let me just begin by asking this basic question to kick off this whole series. In what way do you need a fresh start in life? In what way do you need a fresh start in life? The theme verse for this whole series is from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, where Paul writes this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. 
if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a brand new creation. God gives us something brand new in Christ Jesus. We become a new creation in him. And so in Christ, we experience a kind of newness that the world simply cannot offer. It's a spiritual newness that gives us a real purpose for living. In fact, in Christ, if you think about it, we get a fresh new start every single day because his grace is new to us and fresh for us every day. Today's theme specifically is a fresh start when God calls. A fresh start when God calls. You know, God calls people in a variety of ways. But our, our first and our foremost and primary calling from God is the call to belong to his family. He calls us to be members of his family. It's the call to faith in Jesus, to believe that Jesus is our Savior. From today's epistle lesson, St. Paul said this in Romans 1 verse 6, and you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Now, he's writing those words to the church in Rome in the first century, but he could just as well be writing those same words to the church in Scottsdale known as Shepherd of the Desert where he says, you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. We've been called to belong to him. And one thing that we do in worship, like we're doing right now, is that we celebrate our calling. We celebrate our identity, our new identity as children of God. That is what he has made us. You know, if we believe in Jesus, if we have saving faith in Jesus, faith that the Holy Spirit has worked within us, then we have a new identity. Some of us got our brand new identity when we were just little babies and we were baptized. And in the sacrament of baptism, God, the Holy Spirit, did a miracle and worked saving faith in our hearts through the means of grace known as baptism. Others came to faith later as adults, as someone shared with them the message about Jesus dying and rising for them, and that message changed their hearts. And in that moment, they got a new identity as a child of God. The moment we have saving faith in Jesus, we have a true new identity as children of God. But we're not only celebrating that today, we also focus today on helping other people hear the call of God helping other people find their true identity as children of God in Christ. Here at Shepherd of the Desert, you probably are aware, our mission statement is leading people to follow Jesus. I think it's a beautiful mission statement. It's simple, it's clear, it says what we're about, leading people to follow Jesus. The question is, how do we do that? And that, that leads to what, uh, what I like to call our vision for discipleship because along with a mission statement, we have a process, a process by which a person can grow as a disciple of Jesus. And we use three words to describe this growth process, discover, develop, and declare. A person discovers who Jesus is through the gospel, comes to faith, then develops that faith in the word and the sacraments, 
and then is ready to declare that faith to others, sharing it with others so that they too can discover Jesus, develop and declare and so on and so on. It's a vision for discipleship, of a process of growing in our walk with Christ. And it's those three major phases, discover, develop, and declare. Well, I'd like to look at those three a little more closely. I know we've talked about these for a number of years, but I'd like to flesh this out a little bit more. What does that really look like here at Shepherd of the Desert? So I want to look at those three under today's theme, a fresh start when God calls. In today's gospel reading that we heard a moment ago from Matthew chapter 9, we hear what you might call a discover story, a discover story. It was the story of when God called a man named Matthew to be a follower of his. A little bit about Matthew. Matthew, whose uh, Hebrew name was Levi, Matthew was a tax collector. Now, that's not the same as an IRS uh, employee today because in, in antiquity, a tax collector in Israel worked for Rome. So they collected taxes from their fellow Jews in Israel for the sake of the Roman overlords. That in itself was distasteful to the citizens of Israel. But even worse than that, these tax collectors tended to overcharge people for their taxes, and then they would pocket the extra for themselves. They were kind of ripping people off, and everybody knew it. And everybody kind of despised the tax collectors. They looked down on them as real sinners, you know, because they, they worked for Rome and they stole our money, that type of thing. That's what Matthew did for a living. He was a tax collector. Well, one day, Jesus walks up to Matthew at his tax collector's booth, and he says to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew did. And that invitation from Jesus was a call to a brand new life for Matthew. Now, we don't know what their immediate conversation consisted of after that. It would have been interesting to know what they said. But whatever Jesus said to Matthew was life-changing, life-changing. He became a brand-new person. And Matthew was so excited about what he came to understand about Jesus that he invited Jesus and his other disciples over to his house for a dinner party one evening. And while Jesus and his disciples were at Matthew's house, some more tax collectors and others who were considered public sinners arrived at the meal as well. And there they were, having a wonderful time. Well, some of the religious leaders of the day, known as the Pharisees, uh, observed all of this, and they became very critical of Jesus for eating with the likes of these tax collectors and public sinners. Here's how Matthew describes the rest of that scene. It says, when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. 
And with those words, Jesus was extending an invitation, a call, if you will, to everybody at that dinner party, including the Pharisees, to come to him. It was a call to respond to faith, to discover who Jesus really was. In other words, Jesus offered a fresh start, not only to Matthew, but to everyone that was there at that dinner party at his house. They were all people who were, you might say, at the discover stage of the new life. Now, there may be some of you here today who would see yourselves as kind of being in that stage, the discover stage. Maybe you're just starting to inquire about who this Jesus is. You're not really sure about any of this. You have questions about God, questions about the Bible perhaps, maybe some objections that you can't quite get over, but you're curious and you're wondering about it. If you're in this discover stage, I would invite you to come and talk with me or Pastor Dave privately. We would love to have a conversation with you. We're not going to ask you to come up front in front of everybody and make a public profession of faith or anything like that. We want to talk to you, though, privately. And let's talk about your questions. And let's see if together in looking in the Scriptures we can't discover what God has to say about His love for you and, and your next steps. Love to have a chance to talk. If you are in this discover stage of discipleship, here's my encouragement to you. Learn everything you can about Jesus. Learn everything you can about Jesus. And the place to start is the four books of the New Testament that that, uh, describe Jesus and his life. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell the story of Jesus' life. And you read all four of them, you get all the stories in one, and you learn about who Jesus is. When a man named Saul came to faith in Jesus, he wanted to learn everything there was. He then went by the name Paul, his Greek name, but when he wrote uh, letters, he expressed his desire to know more and more about Jesus. To the Philippians, he wrote, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. More than anything else, Paul wanted to know more and more about Jesus. And that's what I encourage you, if you're in the discover stage, learn everything you can about Jesus and his love for you. Now, we can help you with that here at Shepherd of the Desert. In addition to a private conversation, I invite you to first consider coming to our starting point class, uh, the experience to find out more about this congregation. But beyond that, consider taking a class that I teach called Foundations. Foundations is a class where we go over the basic teachings of Christianity. I invite you to consider coming and taking that class. There's no obligation uh, to join the church just by taking the course, but come and find out more. So that's the first phase of this discipleship process, discovering Jesus. The second phase of this vision for discipleship is developing that faith. In today's Old Testament reading, we heard what you might call a develop story. And I would guess that uh, many of you would identify yourselves in this phase of life, the developed phase. But we get this developed story in the Old Testament. It's the story of when God called Moses to an extra special role. Uh, You remember who Moses is from the Old Testament. Moses was an Israelite who was raised by the Egyptian pharaoh's daughter in Egypt. 
In fact, he spent the first 40 years of his life kind of growing up in Egyptian culture, but he remained, of course, an Israelite, a Jew. His second 40 years were spent in the land of Midian working for his father-in-law where he tended to his father-in-law's sheep flocks. Now think about that. 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in Midian doing shepherding work. That's 80 years. All of that time, 80 years, God was preparing Moses, developing Moses for something more. And one day, Moses was tending his father-in-law's flocks, and they went to a western desert in, in the Sinai Peninsula. And when Moses came near what's called Mount Horeb, also known as Mount Sinai, he looked, and there he saw a burning bush. But the bush was not being consumed by the fire. He got, it, it got Moses' curiosity. He went over by this burning bush, and God spoke to Moses through that burning bush. And what God did is, is, is that he called Moses to a specific purpose. He called Moses to lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt and lead them to the promised land of Canaan. Now think about that. Moses got his call to do this new task at the age of 80. So, <laughs> you're never too old to do something great for God, okay? There's no excuses here. <laughs> Moses was 80 when he began his work as a leader under God's direction. He got a fresh start at the age of 80 to be a leader of God's people. Moses, you might say, was in that developed stage of faith. He knew God, but now he was really growing and developing that faith to being a leader for God. Does that describe you? Are you in the develop stage of discipleship? If you are, here's my exhortation to you. Pursue spiritual maturity. Keep growing in your Christian faith. Pursue spiritual maturity. St. Paul writes about this. Remember, St. Paul went from being an unbeliever to a believer, and he pursued spiritual maturity. And then he writes about that. In his letter to the Ephesians, we kind of come in in the middle of a conversation here, but he says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. It's an exhortation to grow toward spiritual maturity. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews in chapter 5 says something similar. It says, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. You hear the same emphasis, grow in spiritual maturity. You know, when you went to school, when you were in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, you did those things that were appropriate for that age level. As you got older, 
you were challenged in greater and greater ways in your educational pursuits, junior high school, high school, college, maybe even graduate school. You matured and grew and progressed in your education. So too in the faith are we to grow and mature. Yes, God accepts us right where we are, wherever we are right now, but he doesn't leave us there. He wants to take us forward and move us toward greater and greater maturity. Are you maturing in the faith? You know, we can go deeper in a variety of ways right here at Shepherd of the Desert. I want to encourage you to go deeper in your own spiritual walk. First of all, to commit to studying this book on a regular basis. Even if it's reading a little bit of it every day and pondering the meaning of it for your life, to read the Bible and spend time allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you what He wants to teach you. But beyond that, I want to encourage everyone to consider getting involved in some kind of group Bible study. Maybe it's a class that meets on Sunday morning. Maybe it's a class that meets during the week, maybe in somebody's home. This fall, we're going to be launching a new series of small group Bible studies, and I want to encourage every one of you to sign up for one of those. Youth, get involved in the youth Bible study group. Uh, Young adults, millennials, there's a millennial group that's valley-wide among the Lutheran churches. I want to encourage you to get involved with that group. It's led by uh, a millennial-age pastor, Pastor Nathan Spaulding. Adults, get into some kind of an adult Bible study group. We all can go deeper in our Christian maturity. So let me ask you, are you continuing to grow in your faith walk with Christ? And the third part of this uh, vision for discipleship, of course, is where we get to the point of declaring our faith, proclaiming it, telling it to others. In today's epistle reading, we heard the words of someone who heeded the call to declare the good news of Jesus. That was the man whose original Hebrew name was Saul. We heard about Saul a couple Sundays ago. Saul was uh, persecuting Christians until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and he became a believer in Jesus. And from that point, he committed himself to telling others the good news about Jesus who died and rose again to give eternal life to all who will believe. He went by his Greek name from that point forward, Paul, knowing that he was going to be ministering to Gentile people, non-Jewish people primarily, and that the Gentile people would respond to his Greek name, Paulus or Paul. And he declared the faith boldly. In fact, in his letter to the Ephesians, listen to what he says about, about his own declaring. He says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. God called Paul to proclaim the good news. But you know what? God also calls us to proclaim, to declare the good news about Jesus, to declare the simple truth of what he did for us. You know, sometimes we can make this task a lot scarier than it needs to be. And, and maybe the thought of you actually having a religious, spiritual conversation with somebody is a little bit threatening or intimidating. But let me make it a little more simple. Really, the task is to tell what you've experienced as far as God's love for you. You can do that. It's your story of how God's love has impacted your life. 
Here's what God has done for me. Another way to think of it is just telling what you know to be true. You know, if, if you were a witness in a court of law, you would be called upon to tell what you know to be true, to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God, right? To simply tell what you know to be true. Well, a witness for Jesus is called upon to simply tell what we know to be true about God and his love for us in Christ Jesus. What do we know to be true? God loved us enough to send his own son to die on a cross in our place, to take on himself the punishment we deserve for our sins, sins that would separate us from God forever if we didn't have that Savior. But because Jesus died and rose again from the dead, our sins are wiped away, and through believing in Jesus as our Savior, we have the certainty that we're going to heaven one day and that we too will rise from the dead. It's really that simple. It's a simple story that a lot of people don't really know. Peter writes about this whole idea of declaring this way in his first letter. He said, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Yeah, that's what we get to do. We get to declare the the praises of God who rescued us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Later in the same letter, Peter writes these words. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Yes, be prepared to give the reason. Do you know what the reason is for your Christian hope? Well, let's make it real simple. The reason for our hope as Christians centers on the cross and the empty tomb. It always comes back to that. Jesus died for us, forgives our sins, gives us the gift of eternal life, rose from the dead, assuring that we too will rise from the dead on the last day. We are sinners who have been forgiven and are on our way to heaven. We can tell that story, can't we? But sometimes it is a little difficult to put the words together, so I want to encourage you to consider this invitation. I'm going to be doing a series of witness workshops during the course of this program year, and I want to invite you to consider coming. This gives us an opportunity in a safe environment, so to speak, to practice with each other, to do some role-playing. What would you say in this scenario? How would you bring God's story into their story in your conversation at work, uh, in the neighborhood, at school, maybe even with your own family members. And we're going to work on that and practice that and, and get some skills down so that we're ready when the opportunity arises to tell the story with someone else. Another little thing that you can do, by the way, on the way that you, on the, when you leave today, now this is really simple. The ushers are going to hand out this little packet of mint, breath mints. They're called testaments, and on the back is a Bible verse. You can give somebody some breath mints. There's a little Bible verse on the back. Who knows what conversation that might open up to talk more about Jesus. But also, to make it even more simple, keep in mind that before you do any of this, the starting point is just be a friend to people. Be a genuine friend. Get to know the person. Ask questions about what they do in life. Show interest in what they're interested in. Build a friendship, a relationship. 
And over the course of time, look for an opportunity to bring God's story into your conversation and talk about his love for them in Christ. The Holy Spirit will empower us in whatever we do, whatever we say. So let me ask you, where are you in the process of discipleship? Are you at the discover stage? Are you at the develop stage? Are you declaring your faith or some combination thereof? God calls us to be his disciples, to follow him fully. How is God calling you to make a fresh start. The next step is yours. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.